Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for a very special July 4th holiday edition of our weekly fishing report podcast here from My Fishing Cape Cod. It's a pleasure to be back with you. For those of you that haven't tuned in to one of our shows, this is one of our weekly formatted fishing report podcasts where we're going to hear from guest experts from bait and tackle shops around Cape Cod. We're going to be led off by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins joining us here in just a few moments. We're then going to check in with Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Next up, we'll head on over to Buzzards Bay and we'll check in with AJ Coots of Red Top Sporting Goods. And last but not least, we'll head down to Falmouth to check in with Evan Eastman of Eastman Sport and Tackle. We're going to cover a wide variety of topics on today's program. We're definitely going to check out the recreational tuna bite that's been going on over the past week or so. We're going to get updated reports on striped bass and bluefish from inside Cape Cod Bay, out at Provincetown, Vineyard Sound, Nantucket Sound, and Buzzards Bay. So we've got a lot to get to on today's program. Let's dive right into our first interview. Well, as always, up first on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats is none other than MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you on, and this is a special week, Ryan. We're heading into the beautiful July 4th holiday here on Cape Cod. It's a a very special week, a very busy week generally here for those of us that are year-round residents around the Cape, but very much looking forward to the July 4th holiday and also hopefully some better weather windows ahead here over the coming weekend. Yes, it's been a little rainy this past week, but I'm seeing bright sunny skies for Friday and hopefully it'll be a good weather week for 4th of July. As you said, a lot of people come to Cape Cod during this week. And just to give folks an idea, I think it's 250,000 year-round residents, but during the summer, the Cape swells to a half a million. I think that's the latest stat that I read. So there's got to be a lot of folks around. I hope they're able to get out fishing and make the most of it. Now, Ryan, in celebration of the July 4th holiday, I understand you're going to make this podcast that we're currently recording a public podcast for everybody to enjoy. That's awful nice of you. And talk a little bit about that. So to celebrate July 4th, I wanted to make this podcast available to everyone, even folks who are not members of My Fishing Cape Cod, so they can get a glance into just a little bit of what we offer our membership. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you'll swing on over to the website, join as a member. And we publish these every Thursday or Friday morning at the latest throughout the season. Awesome, Ryan. That's awesome to be a part of. Really looking forward to getting some new folks on board as we push into our summer months here on the show. Uh, Let's get into some fishing as well with you. I understand you had a chance to, to get out on a, a couple of the group trips, or a couple of the group trips were at least successful uh, last Friday and Saturday, uh, the first of the season for tuna, I understand. That's right. So we offer these group fishing trips to our membership, and our trips on Friday and Saturday 
were out east of the Cape, and we got into some mid-50-inch tuna, which was terrific. First tunas of the year for our group trips, and we caught them trolling bars. We had some chances casting poppers, but it was so foggy on those trips that it was difficult to do the run-and-gun game. So Captain Cullen put out the spreader bars, and we did all right. We got some tuna for people to take home. And I know we'll be talking a lot about tuna with Bruno when we have him on later in today's podcast. So I'll just give that little bit of a teaser, and I'll let Bruno fill the rest of the listeners in on what he's been finding. I know he's been doing a lot of tuna fishing as well. I also understand this week, Ryan, you went out poking around to try to get some video of tuna out on Stellwagon Bank and also made a pit stop over to P-Town, kind of a, a place that you and I used to fish a lot when we were younger for Stripers and Blues. That's correct. So I've had some success filming tuna underwater, and I had an idea on Monday. It was so calm, I shot out to the southwest corner of Stellwagon Bank with the idea of dropping some cameras to the bottom and maybe getting lucky in capturing a giant tuna on video. I got out to the bank, and it was incredibly foggy, Kevin. We're talking maybe 200 yards visibility, and I was just inundated and surrounded by humpback whales, which was really, really cool. But at the same time, once they started breaching and jumping out of the water, I decided I needed to get out of there. I don't want to you know, get too close to the whales. I don't want to mess with them, especially when they're breaching. So I gave up on the tuna filming idea and instead headed over to Provincetown. And I found quite a few stripers and bluefish over there feeding on sand eels. I put a video up on the site, which gives you an idea of what it actually looks like over there when stripers and blues are feeding on sand eels off Provincetown. So it was pretty cool. I didn't actually do any fishing when I was over there, Kevin. I just focused all on underwater filming. But I'd imagine if you were able to, you know, throw a live mackerel out there, they probably would have eaten that right up. And there were some boats catching them trolling. I didn't see any monsters, but 30, 34-inch stripers. And based off of the video footage, I'd say about 30-inch bluefish mixed in as well. Well, that's really encouraging to hear that there is a population of fish that's made its way over to P-Town now, Ryan, we mentioned the group trips earlier in the conversation here. I understand we're opening up some more as well, uh, not necessarily with Captain Cullen, but with one of his close acquaintances, a fellow captain, Tyler, is it, that's going to be hosting some more group trips for us here on the website? That's right. Captain Tyler of Flatliner Charters will be doing some trips for, uh, with him, inshore trips for stripers and bluefish during July. And I'm going to be posting those trips very soon. So if you're a member of my fishing Cape Cod, you'll have a chance to purchase an individual spot on board any of those trips. It's a nice benefit to the membership. You can hop on board a charter at a per-person rate. You don't have to come up with a lot of money to pay for the full boat on your own. So if you're a member, stay tuned. I'll be sharing more info about those trips very soon. And as you mentioned, Ryan, those slots on these group trips you know you're not buying the whole boat you're just buying one individual slot which is a huge perk because ordinarily when you book a charter you have to book the captain and, and the entire boat for either a half day or a full day 
in order to purchase these slots, it is correct, right? You have to be a member of My Fishing Cape Cod. Members will be the first to get access to the spots. Okay. And if we have any left over, then I'll open them up to the general public. Perfect. And Ryan, just one other thing to, to pick your brain on as we're going into the holiday. Any plans for the weekend or the July 4th holiday that you want to share with everybody? Um, no real plans fishing-wise that are overly exciting. But I am looking forward to getting out to the canyons in mid-July. I'm going to be fishing in the Oak Bluffs tournament. And I'm really looking forward to that. I haven't heard too much about the canyons just yet. But I'd imagine that we'll be getting some reports very soon. Because the offshore season is, is pretty much here. And it's something that's relatively new for me. I've been out there before, but not nearly as much as I'd like to be. So, yeah, I got that on the horizon. I'll probably do some surf casting as well. Well, let me be one of the first to wish you and Lauren a very happy, healthy, and safe 4th of July. Thanks, as always, for being a huge part of this podcast, and we'll look forward to catching up with you next week after the holiday. Sounds good, Kevin. Happy 4th of July to all the listeners, and I'll talk with you soon. Well, up next on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats is our great friend Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Bruno, how are you today? I'm doing great, Kevin. Hello, MFTC Nation. Glad to be here on a beautiful day on Cape Cod. A little windy, but still beautiful. Now, I know you've had plenty of chances to get out on the water, Bruno, both on, on the Gavi and otherwise. Tell us a little bit about what your last couple weeks has been like here in the beautiful month of June. Sure. Uh, last week, I was able to go out um, three days in a row chasing uh, recreational bluefin tuna. Two out of those three days, I went with my good buddies over at Team Hook'em on the uh, on the big 52 HCB, which is a, a beast of a boat. Uh, we fished east of Chatham, and we trolled around a bunch of Ballyhoo and and uh, bars, and uh, we were successful both those days. Uh, we were able to cast into them on top, uh, hooked up that way. We were able to get them on bars, but uh, it has been great fishing. Thursday of last week, I got the gaviota out there of my first mate jay and um it was a it was a sporty ride it was you know probably four to six foot waves it was pretty tight but it was still fishable i think we were only the the only dumb ones that were out there um but um but within about 30 minutes of trolling uh, our efforts paid off, and we hooked onto a nice 52-inch butterball and landed the fish, and that was our one and only bite, and we got out of there before the weather got worse, which I'm glad we did. We left just in time. So uh, we went. I basically went out three days in a row, went three for three, probably caught in those three days eight or nine fish, uh, obviously released them because it seems as though um, – there's uh, mostly bigger fish out there in the 50 to 55-inch class fish. Um, you know, the, the 47s, I haven't seen. I've heard people catching 47-inch fish. Uh, as you know, uh, anything less than 47 inches, you can keep two. Anything over, you can only keep one. Um, so 
I haven't seen too many small fish. And I think what's happening, you know, two years ago, they were all like 42, 43-inch fish. Last year, you started seeing some that were 45, 46, and some that were 48, 49. And this year, I think those fish are now getting into the 50-plus-inch class. So it'll be interesting to see how things shape up as we go into the next couple of years with this class of uh, school of fish that come in every spring and summer. And you mentioned you were trolling for them, Bruno. Is there any rhyme or reason or pattern that you noticed on the bites that you were getting on the troll, whether it was uh, the rig you were using, where it was positioned in the spread, anything like that? Uh, not really. You know, the, what, the, the key to trolling is you want to try to keep your spread as wide as you can. Uh, the more water you can cover, the better. Um, you know, for instance, on my boat, I can I can spread my bars to cover about 60 feet of water. So in other words, from, you know, the bar, if you were to look from the, you know, front of your boat, you're looking back at your spread, you know, my left bar is going to be uh, 60 feet away from my farthest right bar. To, to be able to spread them that far, you want to get um, what they call side trackers and they're bars that have almost like a rudder under them. And what, what happens is because of that rudder underneath that spread bar, it pushes the bar out farther away from the boat. So they come in, you know, either a pack or a single, and it'll say right on a starboard or port. So if it's a starboard one and you put it in the starboard side, it, the rudder will allow that bar to reach a good 10 feet away towards the starboard of your boat. And what happens is that eliminates the need to have outriggers if you're on a smaller boat or you don't have outriggers. I personally prefer to uh, fish without outriggers with those bars because they, they just go out so far, there's no need for them. And then I have a center rigger that uh, that I put out way out there down the middle, and that kind of stays away from everything. The key is to keep everything apart or high up enough so that you can constantly turn the boat as you see them popping up without having to worry about tangling them. And, you know, we had some ballyhoo with the Blue Islander skirts, and uh, we had some um, purples out there. We had some green machines out there pretty much everything's working is i mean they're hungry as long as you can get on them um they're gonna bite uh i should mention a ton of bait east of chatham right now there's sand deals with mackerel eating the sand deals whales eating the mackerel giants eating mackerel i mean there's a ton of life east of chatham right now so Hopefully this wind doesn't knock them around too far. But with all that bait there, I don't see why these fish would ever leave. And these fish, Bruno, were they, you know, very visible to you, kind of up on the surface, crashing around? Yeah, you know, it depends. I mean, um, if it's a smooth enough day, you could definitely see them popping up. And uh, if you're in the center console, I'm sure you could chase it down. It's not my preferred way of doing it. I prefer to troll over them. But I could tell you nine times out of ten that, I hooked up, I didn't see anything. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see birds, I didn't see whales. And it's interesting because when I when we, when I found the big ball of bait, 
we tried trolling over that big ball of bait where we saw whales, mackerel, you know, big marks of giants on the bottom. I mean, there was so much life there. We trolled through it and we could not get a bite. So makes you wonder why, right? Well, if you have that much bait and you got that much selection and you're a tuna fish, you're not really that hungry and you're not really going to be enticed by that bar. You might not even see it because there's just so much bait around you. So it was almost, believe it or not, too much life, mm. which <laughs> I don't know if that even makes sense. On, on paper, that would make no sense. But as soon as we were able to move away from that life and get into some water where there were really no signs of anything, you know, there was days we were hooking up four, five, six times. It, and it goes to show you that, you know, you, you just never know. You just never know. But, you know, if you troll around there for three, four hours, the longer you can withstand being out there trolling and have the patience for it, the, the better you, your chances of hooking up. And, um, and I can tell you, I mean, there's a lot of times these fish come up and, you know, they, um, they miss it. They miss the stinger, you know. I think that's happened to you and me before. Yep. You know, and um, it, it's it's a heartbreaker because they'll take it, they'll run, your drag goes crazy, you're on, everyone gets excited, and literally two seconds later you're off, and it's like wah wah wah. So that happens, you know. But they're out there and uh, they're hungry, and um, I will be back out there again this weekend to see if I could get another one. Now, I also know you've been dabbling, you know, fishing for stripers and blues as well. Give us a, a quick report on that as well. Yeah, one of the nice things about going out east to Chatham, for us uh, fishing out of uh, Sacklatucket, is uh, we always have to go around Monomoy to get home or to go out there. So one of the benefits of for us is on our way back, when we're going through Monomoy and we see those rips roaring, um, we always make a pit stop and, and, you know, throw some, throw some lures out there. A lot of the, um, paddle tails and a lot of, um, my cousin Eddie's, um, epoxy jigs and lures have been working and we just kind of work those rips and we've been catching slot fish, um, probably if not better, but definitely as good as last year, which last year was a ban a year. I mean, just... This striper fishing on Monomoy has been lights out. Um, they've been on squid. They've been on sand eels. Um, although when they're on squid, uh, smaller squid. Um, so you want to keep it, your, your lure a little bit smaller. But they've been crushing pretty much everything out there right now. Um, and pretty much every, every shoal, every rip is holding fish. As uh, far as bluefish, um, luckily the water's still cooler at the rips. I haven't seen 60 degree water yet, uh, or 62 degree water at the rips. Usually when you start getting into 62 degrees, um, there's a very, very good chance that you're going to start getting a uh, bluefish. Um, me, I have no problem with bluefish. I'm one of those weird guys that would rather eat a bluefish than striper. So, um, I actually went out looking for bluefish uh, in the Nantucket Sound, and uh, we were able to get big 32, 31-inch bluefish. I mean, absolute gators out there um, that are hungry. So we've been getting a lot of those on the troll in the sound. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Cape Cod is red hot right now. The fishing is as good as it's going to get. Awesome, Bruno. And last but not least, just want to check in on what's cooking down at the dealership. We're almost at July 4th. So what's shaking down at Cape and Islands, Mitsubishi and Cape Cod boats? We, uh, we just got a really big shipment of the new Mitsubishi Outlander, which is the seven passenger SUV. And Mitsubishi is now offering interest rate of 3.9% for six years, which uh, in today's market with interest rates being so high, there's a huge opportunity for folks to get into a brand new seven passenger SUV for, you know, probably the lowest payment out there right now in the market. So if you're in the market for a seven passenger SUV, you owe it to yourself to at least check one out. All right, Bruno, thanks so much for checking in with us. As always, it was an awesome report. Happy to hear the tuna bite has been strong, my friend, and we'll look forward to catching up with you on the next podcast. Sounds good. I'll talk to you soon, Kevin. Tight lines, folks. Well, up next on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy A.J. Coots from down at the beautiful Red Top Sporting Goods in Buzzards Bay. A.J., how are you today? Well, we had a good night's sleep. The baby was cooperative, so it's a great day. So we gave you a big congratulations on the, the last podcast. Uh, can you give us the, the details on your brand-new addition to your beautiful family? June 13th, uh, baby baby Grace Coots was brought in the world at 9.01 a.m. She, she was a large baby, so if anybody... Anybody knows me or has met me at the shop, they can probably understand why. She was uh, eight six, uh, beautiful, beautiful little girl. Everything's going great. My wife's a a real trooper. The baby's cooperative. She's uh, she's eating well. She's sleeping well, and uh, that really allows us to sleep well. So, given that she's only uh, touch over two weeks, we're getting plenty of sleep and uh, feeling refreshed and actually getting back. Uh, back into the swing of things at the shop well a big congratulations to you and your family aj and now that you're getting back into the swing of things why don't you start with the uh cape cod canal report i know that's something everyone's kind of anxious to hear about what's going on down at the canal yeah so i mean the canal is has really been good all year um, we we've definitely hit a couple of dry patches where fishing was harder but it wasn't it wasn't impossible either so um, one thing to, to definitely reiterate is that the jig bite has just been spectacular this year. The guys are throwing, uh, lead heads with a, with a paddle tail. And it seems like the fatter profile baits, um, like the, the fish lab soft max, the, the owl gags, which are, which are a little bit fatter than the, like the sand eel style baits, which are longer and skinnier. Uh, they seem to be a bit more popular and they're catching fish. The weird part, or at least what I consider the weird part, is that the guys are buying macro patterns. The shape is more of like, a, because it's a fatter profile, it's kind of like more like a pogie. So they're mimicking, almost mimic a, a pogie with a macro pattern. So it's a little unusual, but it seems to be working and don't fix what isn't broken. Yeah, that sounds promising. And looking at the the weather here, um, and I know we'll get into this when we do our boat report as well, we've had some challenging weather conditions with wind, a lot of electricity, AJ, moving through the area this week. We've had kind of a really crummy, unsettled weather pattern. Has that affected the fishing in the canal? I know it's probably affected folks' ability to get down there, but 
has it kind of turned the canal up a little bit, turned the bite off? And I know we're getting a little bit better weather window as we move into this weekend. Do you think that kind of clear water will help? Yeah, so once once we have some, some snotty weather like this with uh, a lot of rain, a lot of wind, up up to the point where it gets pretty bad, especially with lightning, the pressure drops and it really turns the turns the fish on to mm-hmm. feed because they they understand that a front's coming through and they gotta they kind of gotta feed before they settle down. After that feed, that initial feed of the of the pressure drop, um, you'll definitely have a lull because the water starts to get murky, and it takes a good couple of tide cycles to to clean up the water at with with some decent weather around so it can be murky there can be a lot of weed around so you gotta you want to make sure you're checking your lines if you're throwing bait you probably have to clear your lines when you're jigging and stuff like that so something to keep you know keep in mind when you're when you're jigging in snotty water like that but as far as the weather window next few days are looking good um there's going to be some rain this weekend but it doesn't look like there's any thunderstorms and I know a lot of people say that fish don't care if it's raining because they're already wet. So bring on your uh, your good rain gear and, and get out there. I don't think the rain's going to stop anything. And if we do get that weather, which we're expecting to kind of hold, you know, and get some very fishable conditions here, what does it look like, you know, for this weekend? It's a it's a big weekend with folks coming down for the uh, the 4th of July holiday next week. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of people coming down and visiting the shop and, and also trying to get on the canal uh, we'll say Friday into the holiday next Tuesday. Any recommendations for, obviously you want to probably go at night, but how about tides and stuff of that nature? In a generalized statement, the best times to fish the canal are right before, right before gray light and all the way, all the way through the morning up, up past sunrise. Um, what, what you tend to see there is you'll catch, you'll catch fish on jigs and with any luck, right around sunrise, you'll see some breaking fish. You can switch over to top water, which I don't know anybody who wouldn't prefer to catch a fish on on top water to jigging. Uh, it's a more pleasurable way to fish. It's it's cool to see a big bass blow up on a plug. You know, it's exciting and it's it's just a great way to fish. So, if you see breaking fish, you definitely want to make sure you have a plug in your bag to to catch them. Awesome. And in terms of a boat report out in Buzzards Bay. Give, a, give us a taste of what's going on. Are the scup and sea bass still kind of kicking around? And what's going on in terms of stripers out there as well? Yeah, so we pretty much, we pretty much as good as it can get out in Buzzards Bay. But, you know, weather dependent, of course. But the sea bass is still solid. Uh, there's actually some, some dinner plate size scup out there, uh, which, is, which is great. Something you can actually fillet instead of just having to cook whole on the small, you know, for the smaller fish. You can actually get some fillets out of these scup. We're also still seeing plenty of bass. Um, there's bass still on pokies. They're still catching them on the docks, just like just like the earlier or the later spring bite. That that's still continuing out in Buzzards Bay, which is weird because the water temps are rising, and the fish haven't quite pushed out of the bay yet. Um, which is not something we typically see. Once the water gets warmer, they they typically push through and either bang a right out of the canal or bang a left. So they're either going to Plymouth or they're heading to to Barnstable and up to P-Town, which I know there's fish there as well, but there's still fish to come in those areas. So, and then we also have bluefish, which is, which is refreshing. 
I know they can they can beat the heck out of gear, but they're also a lot of fun to catch. And the last thing I want to talk to you about, AJ, real quick, is just the tuna bite. I know the wreck tuna bite has been pretty strong. What are you hearing about that? And also, what do you have to offer the, the wreck tuna guys that want to come into the store? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the schooly tuna, um, recreational size fish is under 73. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of small, large, large school and small school around. They're kind of, they're, they're teetering in that 50 inch range and they're, uh, they're great to catch on like heavy bass gear. You don't have to go crazy with, uh, with heavy, heavy tuna gear right now. Um, with the class fish that we have, I mean, granted you can't control what hits your line and you may get spooled, but it's more enjoyable to catch these fish on, on a bit lighter gear. Um, and they're so far they've they've been catching them on like stick baits and poppers, and we have we have a ton of the, ton of that stuff in the shop right now. We're we're conscious that the tuna bite is is going on right now, and we're making sure that the the shop is ready to rock. And over the past few years, we've increased our our jig and pop and trolling section uh, significantly in the store. We've actually we relayed it out over the winter change some things around and made it a bit more presentable. So for the guys going out there and, and trying their luck at, at tuna, definitely, definitely come in and check things out. All right, AJ, thanks so much for sharing some of your very busy week with us here on the podcast. I'll let you get back to parenting. And again, congratulations to you, your wife and, and your whole family on the new edition. Thank you very much. It's uh it's always great to, to be on the call and, and try to get people on fish. So, Happy to do it, and hopefully talk to you in a couple weeks. Well, up next on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Evan Eastman from down at Eastman Sport and Tackle in beautiful Falmouth, Massachusetts. Evan, how are you today? I'm doing great, Kev. How are you? It's been a very interesting week, Evan. We've had a lot of wind, a lot of electricity move through the area. It's kind of really shaking things up, and we're going to get to that. But I want to start back last week. Basically, I understand you had a chance to get out on the water last week quite a bit, do some fishing, and it was pretty productive out there for you. It was. It was, Kevin, yeah. So um, I'm trying to remember the exact date, but um, it was late last week. I think it was Thursday. We had that east wind, and I went out to um, halfway shoal Hamadou, and it, the rip was probably four, four to five-foot rollers, so we went over to uh, middle ground right up, you know, out of the wind and especially that east wind there. And, uh, we did really well. I mean, there's tons of bass there, uh, feeding on small squid, about four inches or five inch squid. So I kind of changed up my tactic and decided to throw some Albi snacks, um, the amber colored Albi snacks. And that was working extremely well. And, you know, in a couple hours we got, you know, a few slots, uh, one or two overs and the rest were like 24, 25, 26 inch fish. So, um, yeah, before, you know, thereafter, I should say, uh, the East one really kicked up and seemed like some of those rips had, had quieted down a bit, but, um, you know, I know I talked to a few guys who've been jigging wire, um, whether it's at Novska, there's some deeper spots in the southeast part of hedge fence i know guys were getting them drinking wire off of west chop so you know at this point of the season i kind of um obviously i love doing the top water stuff in the rips but you know i kind of transitioned to either vertically or or uh or trolling 
deep bait, target him on the bottom, and that seems to be working pretty well over the last week. Yeah, and the the bummer, as you mentioned, Evan, is just this wind, man. It has really picked up, and not just the wind over the last couple of days this week as we're taping the last week of June here, but a lot of low pressure, it seems, kind of day after day this week. And I'm sure that's kind of not only discouraged folks from getting out there, and it's really prevented folks from getting out there safely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it seems like, um, you know, it could be the east wind, it could be bait moving, but seems like a lot of those like overslot fish I was catching two or two weeks ago or so um, have either moved into Buzzards Bay or have gone east a little bit to Monomoy. Um, not to say there isn't fish around the Falmouth area um, on the south side. There certainly is, but yeah, that that funny wind came through and um, I think it pushed the bait. And I think it pushed the bit the the bigger fish to a degree. Um, you know, I've I've heard of really good fishing off of the Buzzards Bay side of Falmouth, um, the north, no, you know, northern part, the western side of the canal. That's been good. Um, I talked to a guy who's been catching them last couple of weeks, whether it's on docks and like the Mashney Flats. Um, they were, you know, live line and pogies. That seemed to be a really effective way to get them there, and so. In addition to those bass moving to Buzzards Bay, I'm definitely seeing a trend of things moving east. Uh, whether it's bluefish, heard some really good reports about bluefish at Suckanesset, uh, at Eldridge, uh, at Horseshoe. Some of those fish may have moved east. Um, but I've also heard some good bass fishing at, at Suckanesset. Uh, my employee, Dylan, he is out there almost every day, and he got into a really good uh, sand eel feed at uh, Suckanesset and caught some really nice fish a couple days ago. Um, it's about 50-50 bass to blues, and then he made it out to Eldridge. Um, also sand eels there, so he you know, he was on the fly a little bit. He was throwing some albie snacks, and then um, one of his buddies just was throwing an epoxy jig. So, you know, there's definitely still bass around and the rips off the Falmouth, but, yeah, that east wind, it, it was weird. Uh, you know, I think that it did move some stuff around, and, um, you know, at this point, it seems like a lot of those bigger fish are deep or east or north. Yeah, and I think what we're supposed to get over the next couple of days, Evan, as we push through the weekend, is a little bit more of a settled weather pattern, hopefully a little bit less wind and also some sunshine for folks to enjoy, you know, coming down here, not only to enjoy fishing, but also enjoy the beach with their families, as that's a popular you know, July 4th weekend activity, but hopefully sure. this kind of, you know, clears up the water a little bit, maybe makes the sound, um, a little bit more active, maybe turns on middle ground a bit. Do you think the the water clarity, uh, improving after all this churned up wind could help a little bit turn on the bite? Oh yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, I was <clears throat> at middle ground like two or three nights ago and, you know, you can just clearly see there was, some mung in the water, um, which definitely, you know, doesn't help the the bite. But um, with less and less mung in the water, which I'm definitely seeing, I think that does bode well for for middle ground to to improve. And um, you know, I was looking at my fish logs, and the last week of July last year, I I was uh, tossing eels along Elizabeth, and I said, you know what, let's just go to middle ground to see what's going on. And there was tons of activity. There was bass. There was bluefish. So, you know, that was 
you know, the last week of July. So I think we do have some, you know, a good stretch of two weeks here um, on the south side of Falmouth in Vineyard Sound um, for for bass and for bluefish in the rip. So, you know, hopefully this this east wind will, will, will die down a little bit and settle things in. And I think that uh, the boat fishing, whether it's hedge fence, middle ground, Lahamadu, or if you want to even go farther west, like Lucas Shoals or Quicks Hole. I know Quicks has been a place where guys have been jigging wire, getting them, tossing eels into the rocks and getting them. So, um, you know, I do think that this wind, as it settles down, will be a positive thing for the south side. Now, in a little bit closer to home, I know that there's going to be a lot of folks heading down that might want to try their hand at fishing from the beach. It's also a great way to fish uh, with a little one or a young one that has not fished before, maybe a lot of fathers and sons down trying to surf cast a bit, you know, for the holiday week. Uh, can you give us a quick inshore fishing report, uh, a bit of a surf casting report for those that might want to try to target some fish uh, over the next, let's say, five to seven days? Yeah, absolutely. So for those just looking to catch anything, meaning scup or small sea bass, the uh, the mouth of Falmouth Harbor is continuous continuously been very very good um there's a fishing platform off the green pond bridge i've talked to many guys who've been catching some really nice keeper scup there um, as far as like striped bass and bluefish you know the south side of falmouth been been still productive um i personally like fishing the outgoing tide there not to say you couldn't get them on the incoming but there's definitely bluefish bass um you know i try to Try to focus on fishing close to sundown, if not when the sun is down. I think that's going to give you an advantage. And um, using eels at this point is probably what I would go with uh, for bait. And you can also toss some dark-colored swimming plugs or a Danny plug, something like that. Um, South Cape Beach, Papanesset, both spots continue to be pretty good with bass and, and bluefish. Um, but again, I think this time of year, if you're really targeting those bigger striped bass, you want to go when the sun's down. So, um, not to say you can't catch them at different times, but you know, it, it, it's proven over the last 25 years that I've been surf fishing that at this point in the season, when we get to just about July, the best chance you can have to get a, a bass or a nice bass on the south side is, is at night. Um, I have heard some really good things about the canal the last three or four days, both on the west end and and the east end. Um, so, you know, that's obviously a, a, an option to uh, to fish as well. Both the Cape side and the mainland side has, has been producing. So, you know, I think that uh, the next week, you know, water temperature is still at a temperature where the, the bass are going to be around and they're going to be feeding at night. And then, you know, we've seen some good bluefish bites off of Katuit, um, places like that. And so, you know, I think that uh, over the next week or so, we should still see some really good shore fishing. That's awesome, Evan. And last but not least, what's going on at Eastman's for the holiday weekend? Anything special? And can you give us an update on the store hours through the holiday? Yeah, store hours through the holiday are going to remain the same. Uh, 8 to 6 during the week, uh, 7 to 6 Saturday, 7 to 5 Sunday. Um, you know, we're, we'll be fully stocked for everything that you need, whether that's clamming stuff, stuff for uh, shore fishing. Uh, obviously, the bluefin bite has been very good over the last week or so. Hearing guys getting them off of uh, P-Town to Nosset, 
um, even crab. And then I talked to a guy who's got who got a commercial size fish at Regal Sword. So um, you got tunas east. We also got tunas south. I've heard reports of guys getting tunas as close as five miles off of uh, Nomans. So we got some schooly bluefin south. We got schooly bluefin east. So I uh, am fully stocked with poppers, epoxy jigs, uh, some soft plastic paddle tails, uh, rods and reels for the, that, that pop bite. Um, also, if you're looking to jig for tunas, we are fully stocked with that, with jigs, with conventional jigging setups, rods and reels. So, you know, at this point of the season, I know a lot of guys kind of turn their attention from the inshore to the offshore bite and uh we are definitely stocked for both uh both fishing so uh really excited for this upcoming weekend and uh hopefully you guys uh, can get out there and catch some fish all right evan thanks so much for sharing some of your time with us i hope you have a great july 4th holiday and we'll look forward to catching up with you in the month of july all right sounds good kevin thank you my thanks to evan eastman of eastman sport and tackle down in beautiful falmouth massachusetts for joining us on today's program and I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests for taking time out of their busy schedules to weigh in this week on the podcast, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, our title sponsor, AJ Coots of Red Top Sporting Goods down in Buzzards Bay, and last but not least, you just heard from Evan Eastman of Eastman Sport and Tackle in Falmouth. Now, as Ryan mentioned at the top of the podcast, this podcast was made available to the general public. Usually our podcasts here from My Fishing Cape Cod are available to members only and we publish them on Thursday or Friday mornings heading into the weekend to give our membership an in-depth fishing report as they head out on the water. If you enjoyed or found beneficial this type of information and you are not yet a member of My Fishing Cape Cod, head on over to MyFishingCapeCod.com. Once you become a member of My Fishing Cape Cod, you'll get access to our weekly podcast with all the latest fishing information from around the Cape and the Islands. And in addition, you'll get access to all the latest articles and tutorials, as well as the MFCC forum, which is just a plethora of information. And as Ryan also mentioned, you'll get first dibs on all of the group trips that are becoming available for the rest of the summer and into the fall. So if you're not yet an MFCC member, I sure hope you give it some strong consideration. And hopefully we'll talk to you over on the member side. Until then, that's going to put the wraps on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats. This is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off and wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and safe Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at MyFishingCapeCod, tight lines and take care.